state of emergency. It's a familiar term now, and it feels like it's applied to the entire world. So, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how this concept of emergency, fear, urgency, and helplessness are used to basically neuter us of our rights and just take more control of our lives. Um, And not only that, but really distract us from the horrible things being done to us by governments, right? You know, and, and by just violent power in general. So, you know, you look at anywhere from uh, 9-11 to uh, World War II, um, uh, Vietnam War, uh, pretty much countless examples, uh, where a situation was accelerated and made worse and worse and worse by those in power to basically create a emergency create a um state where and this goes back you know you can look all throughout history governments have done this countless times to basically take the focus off of the government take the focus off the people in power and put it on someone else hey and that's why xenophobia and nationalism is so popular um or so accelerated by governments and it's so popular in politics i don't really know many people that are xenophobic in person well yeah, actually, I do. But almost all that becomes from politics. and comes from, you know, that whole conversation. And, and the reason it's so popular is because it, 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 it makes an easy target, right? When, when, when you get people mad at, you know, the Mexicans coming across the border and stealing your jobs. Um, or the Chinese who are, you know, <laughs> stealing our manufacturing. or <laughs> Stealing. Um, or, you know, doing manufacturing better than us then it makes it a lot easier to just do a lot of bad shit behind the scenes and uh, fuck people over without them really looking. So we come to COVID and we come to this quote-unquote state of emergency. And I mean, look, I haven't looked at the numbers but from the people that I know have gotten COVID, it has not been worse than the flu. It has maybe been a little bit worse than the flu. But it just generally is weak as fuck, man. I mean, like, the flu is pretty bad, actually. I take that back. So, you know, it's it's strong in that regard because the, the flu can fuck you up. But do I care? Do I cower in fear from the flu? Do I stop my life for a year because of the flu? Do I not have literally for a year of my life, do I not go places? Do I not, you know... Um, get together with friends, don't have parties, do I not I wear a mask everywhere because the flu? No, I don't give a fuck. So why do people give a fuck about COVID is the question. Why Why does the government um, keep us here, keep us in this place of, oh shit, the world's falling apart, things are going terribly, you know, you can't manage your own risk, we need, you need, you need us to manage your risk. Well, you know, I think, I think they sense things are falling apart. I think they sense that, um, you know, technology is really starting to lose, fall out of their grip. And um, the world is starting to fall out of their grip, you know. Anarchism has been, even before the pandemic, more popular than ever. And um, 
there's been a lot of discontent just stewing um, around the world, you know, from the fucking Eurozone to... Um, I pretty much can think of most every country. And it's almost always not directed in the right direction. It's like at one particular party leader in favor of something else. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, already socialist countries are trying, you know, there's a lot of communists and, um, there's a lot of, um, people going in that direction, but, um, so there's already a lot of discontent stewing and I think, I think the governments of the world just said, hey man, let's, uh, let's capitalize on this shit. Let's, let's, let's have this, 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 uh, pretty low-key disease, and that's really infectious. It's infectious enough to be prevalent everywhere, but, you know, really isn't that dangerous. Um, and let's just fear-monger the fuck out of it to the point where we can literally shut down everything and make people miserable, so miserable that they're focused on this virus. And And here's the thing, too, like, when you have your whole life shut down, right? And you and you don't go anywhere, you wear a mask, you fucking put everything on hold. Then even if the virus isn't bad, your fear of the virus and your avoidance of the virus is very real and very bad. So when it continues on for another fucking six months, you you can't really go back on that. I mean, you know, you can, but like <clears throat> a lot of people have a hard time saying, oh, that wasn't justified. Oh, those three months I spent... Um, being scared out of my fucking mind of this virus and literally not doing anything like that wasn't um justified like yeah um you're gonna think um that's just the modern though because you're not even scared of the virus you're scared of that fear and you're scared of uh you're not scared of the fear but you're you're seeped in that fear and you're you've really developed it and you've developed um, your brain is like, pays attention to what you're scared of once you put energy into it. And most people have put a shit ton of energy into avoiding COVID and being terrified of COVID. So of course they're going to be, um, actually legitimately scared of this virus a year later, even when it's been proven time and time and again, that it's really not deadly at all, especially to most people. I mean, if you're on your deathbed, you get hit with the flu, you're going to die. You know, if you're on your deathbed, you get with COVID, you're going to die. Um, but that's just risk management, baby. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think my biggest thing is like, or, you know, not my biggest thing, but but a large part of it is like, hey, life is fucking risk. Everything about life is risk. You know, you take zero risks, you die. If you, you know, you go to the Starbucks store to get Starbucks, um, you take a risk of dying in your car. Do you still take that risk? Yeah, because it's 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 a very small percentage chance of you dying, but it's there. Um, and somehow uh, people have been like, oh, that doesn't apply to COVID. We're totally risk adverse. That's I remember being a kid and hearing safety first and always being like, no, not really. That doesn't make sense to me. And I couldn't at the time really articulate it, but like it just felt wrong. It's like what see, because it, it would always be applied in the dumbest situations, right? You know, I'd, I'd be trying to play with something or I'd be trying to you know, run somewhere or do something that's, that's perfectly like within my risk tolerance. And my parents would always be like, safety first. I'd be like, no, what the fuck? No, I'm, this is what I want to be doing. Like safety is a part of the equation. Safety is 
and one of the factors you take into consideration when you make a decision. It is not the only consideration. If safety is the only consideration, then you'd sit in a goddamn armored proof box at your house, never leaving, and just having food shipped to you. In fact, you probably wouldn't even, you'd just die, honestly, you'd just fucking die. Because you can't be totally safe, everything is a risk. <clears throat> but, um... So safety isn't first. Safety is a part of the equation. And and every individual, like every decision, needs to be able to make that on their own. Make that own, that call for themselves. Um, if not, then... We're all going to be f- frozen in fear and totally paralyzed. Um, well, at least the, the ones who follow the, the government ideology and believe that shit. Which is a, a a shit ton of people, really. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I go to I go to the store now. And there's more mask compliance. Everyone's wearing masks now. Where a couple months ago, very few people were wearing. Or you know, it was like half and half, maybe a couple months ago. So, jeez, I remember when the first person I saw wore a mask. I was like, "What the fuck is this dude doing? I'm fucking retard." <laughs> uh, oh, innocent days. Um... But yeah, we've been trained that we can't make decisions on our own, right? That it's a group situation, right? That it matters, you know, that that since they're like, you know, a lot of things affect multiple people, right? You know, individual action isn't only affecting individuals, it affects other people as well, for sure, right? Where you think, okay. Um, and the big, the big argument here is that like, the virus spreads from person to person. So like, if, if I make a, if I'm stupid, quote unquote, go to a party, and in fact, you know, 50 people, they go infect a bunch of other people and a bunch of old people die, right? <clears throat> well, here's the thing. We all make decisions on our own. We all, we all <clears throat> determine our own value scales. And old people, if they're, if, they're, if they're at risk for death, stay in fucking side, bro. If you're that scared of life, stay inside. Stay in your room. Stay in your, your fucking filtered room, air-filtered room. and be fine. You'll be chill. But the rest of us are going to live our lives. We're going to do our thing and take the risks we want to take. I mean, that's that's how individuals roll, man. And a lot of things do affect multiple people, but those multiple people have the power to basically avoid those effects. Um, or those, you know, individuals have all have the power to avoid those effects if they want to, if they're really that at risk or that scared of risk. Um, but let's be honest, like, by having everyone stay inside, it's just suppressing the amount of people that get the virus. So, you know, really what would have been effective is, okay, you know, the people who are really are at risk of the virus, they stay inside voluntarily because they're just scared of the virus. Or, you know, not scared of the virus, but they just, you know, they don't want to take that risk. The rest of us who aren't at risk, we go do our normal thing. We all get infected, we're all fine, and we suddenly have immunity. Well, then, after a month or two, you know, maybe three months, just a month or two, um, then... Immunity's gotten to the point where the virus is really slowing down. It can't keep up. That's what happens with the flu every year. It runs out of people to infect. Um, and then we all come, then all the people who are at risk come out and they're protected. But instead, we all stay inside. The virus doesn't run out of people to infect. It just slowly eats through our population. And then everyone has to continually protect everyone, protect quote unquote everyone. 
by staying inside for longer. Um, so really, it's crazy. Individual action would have literally made the situation go so much better, as it almost always does. Even when individual action affects others, and you could you could somehow twist the incentive structure to be like, well, we'd actually hurt others by having individual action. We need to be violent and force everyone to stay inside. Um, but no, that's not the case, of course. But yeah, I mean, I think the long play here is that... Um, they're getting us used to having all of our rights stripped away. We're getting used. To, we're getting used to being caged. We're getting used to being stuck inside. Um, in LA, I mean, you're literally trapped inside your house. Or you know, at certain points, you definitely have been. Um, a friend who lives in LA, and it's 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 oppressive. It it feels like being in prison. Um, they were shutting off the power to people's homes when they have parties. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. I don't. I don't even know. The whole world is jailed, bro. This is like you. This is dystopian level 30 i mean i i never thought we'd get here this rapidly in, in this sort of way too but it's it's ingenious really it's ingenious how they've done it it's ingenious how they've convinced the majority of the population that there's something else to be scared of so then then the government can clamp down in a way it's never clamped down and take over in a way it's never taken over um but yeah i mean it's just a big distraction tactic it's a big um excuse to grab power um and just generally keep us helpless, keep us thinking that we need violence. We need violence to save us. And we don't. We don't need violence. We, we Peace is fine. Cooperation is fine. Individual action is, is beautiful and works almost every goddamn time. Um, it certainly works better than violence every time. So we got to stop this shit, man. We got we to gotta hop off this state of emergency wave. Fuck state of emergencies. I, I really... We're going to be in a state of emergency forever. And the emergency is not going to be um, COVID. It's going to be the government literally taking over every aspect of our lives. And we're already there. We're already there. And um, they're going to keep coming up with new excuses um, to pretty much say that no, uh, the emergency is bad enough you got to live inside. Or the emergency is bad enough that we need more power and that violence is necessary and that we need more and more violence. It's, it's crazy. There's no emergency, guys. You know there's no emergency. Everyone knows there's no emergency. The only emergency is the mass belief and proliferation of violence over others and that you feel like you have a right to tell someone else to stay inside or to wear a fucking mask. God. The amount of restaurants I've been kicked out of for not wearing a mask is absurd at this point. Guys, support um, support restaurants that don't make you wear masks. Support businesses that don't make you wear masks. Um, that's going to be the way of basically... Using your money to uh, make people who don't, um, I mean, and that's there. I'm, I'm actually not. I don't think it's violence to tell you to wear a mask inside their own restaurant. I think it's violence for the government to tell the businesses to make you wear a mask. But it is their business, um, and that's, I guess, you know, their fucking whatever. But <clears throat> incentivize places that don't. Um, try to hop in your personal bubble like that, you know, support businesses that support your freedom and against the government and choose you over the government. Um, you know, I've only been, if I have an option, I've been going to 
uh, for a service. I've always been choosing the service that um, allows me to not wear a mask inside. Allows me, you know, doesn't doesn't even if they post it on the wall because they freaking have to for law enforcement. They still are. You can be the same service and kind courtesy, whatever. Um, then a non-mask wear because I. I'm terrified by this compliance shit. And support people that don't comply. Support people that choose their customers over the government and are willing to resist and willing to fight. Because, I mean, we need those businesses to grow. We need those businesses to be more profitable. We need the businesses that, that comply and, and bow down to the government and actually, you know, I had one, because I, I just say I have asthma wherever I go. I don't give a fuck. I don't have asthma. And I've had places be like, oh, you got to take your order outside now. And I'm like, no, I'm leaving. Like, I'm goodbye. Like, I'm not going to, why would I, why would I stay here? Um, but, um, yeah, scary shit, man, scary times. We'll talk more about this, you know. It's been overdue for me doing a COVID episode because it's the most prevalent thing around. I just, it's hard for me to even think about or talk about, um, really. It just uh, scares the shit out of me and depresses me, but I, I need to. So we'll be talking more about this and diving into more specific topics about states of emergency and, you know, the way they're using uh, fear and helplessness and other manufactured problems to distract us. So good shit. God, I gotta talk about Instagram and, and social medias. That's a whole other bag of worms.